What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is Rich Hansen along with my co-host Sean Ennis, and you are listening to the MMA Torch UFC 128 post-mortem show. Uh, and the post-mortem is, is, wow, John Jones is really damn good. For those of you who might have missed it, and if you missed it, why are you listening to us? John Jones obliterated, slaughtered, demolished, finished, destroyed everything about Pride by taking out Shogun Hua like he was his own bitch. Three minutes into the third round, 347, I suppose we should say, Shogun had enough, toppled to the ground after a vicious onslaught of elbows and knees. He didn't win one second of that fight. And in retrospect, I don't see how anyone could have even thought he had a chance, not that I was saying that an hour ago. Uh, Sean, give me your thoughts. Oh, well, that was, uh, it was, it was impressive. <laughs> you know, it, not good night, everybody. <laughs> not much left to say. You know, um, you're right. He just, he just obliterated, he just obliterated him. Um, you know, the reach was too much. The the ground and pound was too much. Uh, so I just took away Shogun's know. leg kicks, which is his best standing weapon. Yeah, yeah. He never even threw one, which is what I was he saying all week. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I I have to wonder, and it's not fair to Jones to really wonder about this too much, but. Shogun was gassed after the first round, and uh, first I don't know. Yeah, and, and I don't know whether that's due to. I mean, it, he took a bit of a beating in the first round, but it's it wasn't as you know he's taken that kind of beating before. Um, so I have to wonder if it was due to the long layoff or due to the, you know, the knee not maybe not being 100. percent I don't think it was the knee, but I don't know. Uh, he, he didn't look good. You know what this fight reminded me of. It reminded me of Lesnar versus Carwin when Lesnar came in off of such a long layoff as well, and there were so many questions about what he was going to do. The difference being, Shogun was fighting a fighter in John Jones and not, you know, a, a you know, uh, a gassing machine like Shane Carwin. Yeah. And if Carwin had, you know, a gas tank that didn't have 15 gallons of lactic acidosis in it. Um, <laughs> The same thing would have happened to Brock Lesnar that happened to Shogun tonight. That was the thought that I had watching that entire fight. Uh, was just the worst thing that can happen to a champion is to get injured while holding the belt and have to sit out for a year. Uh, Shogun looked like an out of shape 205er. He had a paunch that rivals mine, surpassed him. Well, okay, not surpasses. And he looked out of shape. And I mean, he's never gone 25 minutes. I mean, he looked out of shape like he couldn't handle it. He looked like a middleweight fighting at 205. Yeah, so I, I thought he looked okay. Like I, I thought he actually looked like he was in pretty decent shape. 
you know, maybe that's me, but uh, just well, was, compared to maybe. <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, you know, Jones is just too much. Uh, just too much, you know. He just he just brutalized him, just just destroyed him, and uh, you know it, it's it was obvious from the beginning that he that he didn't have a chance. I mean, it's uh, he just it just obliteration, just complete. He just he just erased him from the map. It was unbelievable. Yeah, he, it was like the beginning of Independence Day, you know, when when Jeff Goldblum's magic clock ticked down, you know, bam, New York City gone. And that's exactly what it was. I I mean, all week people spent talking about you know. Trying to talk, I think it was more trying and wanting to talk themselves into Shogun because the whole pride never die thing. But I mean, you heard a thousand different ways of, of you know Shogun could do this or Jones could not do this and so on and so forth. And I talked myself into the MMA Torch uh, betting game to putting fifty bucks on Shogun myself, even though on Tuesday night I said there is no conceivable path for Shogun to win this fight. Yeah. I was so not even. There's a lot of other people go, but I was, you know, trying to talk myself into this because I felt like kind of a jackass saying, yeah, John Jones on the record, you know, Chris Levin, Brian Stan, and saying that if no hope whatsoever of being competitive, I'm wrong. Thursday uh, night, when, when uh, going into the sweeping, uh, a Jones murder, I, I, you're breaking up a little bit on me there. I couldn't really hear what you were saying. What was the What was the end of that? Sorry, I was saying go, the week going in because uh, we didn't get to talk to you on Tuesday Night Live cast. Yeah. Uh, Jones by slaughter. Uh, I I actually had Hua going into the fight, and uh, you know it was one of those things where I just felt like the hype was too much. Um, you know, everyone was was jumping on the John Jones bandwagon. Uh, and Hua to me was still someone that was dangerous, and there was a couple of things that I thought was were going against Jones, and and that was um, he's ne- he's ne- he's never been in trouble. Oh, he's never been in trouble. Um, okay. How was he going to react when he was in trouble? You know, as we saw tonight, um, we still don't know oh, no. how he's going to get in trouble because uh, Hua didn't just didn't couldn't do anything to him, um, and uh, it, it what. Well, and I, and I didn't know how he was going to react um, if he wasn't able to play his game against Hua. Uh, and I, I wondered if Hua would be able to counter, you know, kind of his unorthodox style, if he'd be able to stay on the outside and get his leg kicks in and maybe duck under those crazy shots that he throws and, and, and hit John Jones. But he was just never able to do that. And, uh, you know, it's... Second round, he threw a leg. Jones responded with a jab. And the jab hit Shogun and that swung halfway through. And yeah. Shogun's light kicks are completely nullified by by the reach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was unbelievable. Yeah. It, 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 when when Jones is walking into the cage, I'm the you know the body language and the the look on the face. Grove was going to defeat. Cole Conrad, because at the press conference, you know, I still kept catching crap on that one from uh, Jake. And, and so I'm awful at reading the intangibles. We're going to be, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth, ad nauseum. I mean, Jones looked nervous as hell. He must have been the, the 
flying spaghetti monster for 20 seconds before. And he did not look like he was lace. You know, obviously he was. But, I mean, I mean, free fight from, you know, the, you know, the backstage and all that. Did, did that give you, did that give you the same read it right or, or do you just read nothing into that? I see. I, I thought he looked actually pretty good. I thought he looked comfortable. Um, I, I, it, it seemed to me that he never doubted anything, and that was, you know, it can be a plus or a minus because when you never doubt, and then no, and then your opponent does nothing to you, then you know, obviously, you see the reason for your confidence. But if you never doubt, and then all of a sudden you get your bell rung, you know, what's that do to your confidence? Um, and that was kind of the question that I had going into the fight. Uh, but, you know, again, we never found out the answer to that. You know, I think eventually we will um, find out what, what Jones is really made of once he actually gets tagged a few times and uh, and has his, his craziness nullified a little bit. Uh, now, for the record, I don't think Rashad Evans is going to do that. I think he's going to – I think he's going to steamroll Rashad Evans pretty easily. Um, you know, it's small middle, right? Yeah, I mean Evans. Evans is a better version of Ryan Bader, lower, smaller. Yeah, uh, he, he's a better version of Ryan Bader, but not, but really not all that much better. Um, so I, I, I don't yeah, see any smaller way that, too. And smaller, yeah. So I don't see any way that he's going to be able to do anything to Jones. I think he's going to steamroll him. You know, we we may see something if uh, if Rampage gets a shot at Jones, we might see, you know, how he deals with diversity a little bit. Um, but you know. It's uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, John Jones has so many tools and so many physical advantages over 99.9% of the light heavyweight division. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how he does in his first few defenses. Uh, caller from the 651 area code, what's your name man, tonight? My name is Wade Keller. Wade. <laughs> how you doing? Do not know your phone number, but I will now put it into my cyber. How can we help you out, Wade? So, sounds good. Well, one of you has a real bad phone connection, so um, I was calling in to, to mention that, too. It's coming across pretty rough on Blog Talk. I don't know if you can hang up and call back. Probably not, but anyway. It sounds very reverberating. Yeah, I, but man, it, what a crazy – I mean, I honestly, I, I it makes uh, uh, Faber's loss uh, look, look, just look like it was – competitive i mean this was just such an amazing and i'm talking about um going way back but this was just like i'm almost speechless at how dominant it was i'm thinking you know jordan gretzky and and tiger woods and and all wrapped up into one this is like i mean there aren't enough superlatives for what we just watched yeah yeah i I would agree i mean it's funny because the, the guys that i was watching with um you know they've been watching for a couple of years and uh, Jones is kind of the first guy that that they've seen since the beginning, since he's been in the UFC. And I was like, look, you guys don't understand. You know, Shogun, when he's on his game, he's very, very dangerous. And, I, you know, I'm picking him going in this fight. And they, they thought I was crazy. And then he made me look like a fool. So I, it's just something <laughs> you know, I, I, I Sean, this, at all. I mean, this is a fight where I just don't think going in you can be blamed for thinking – you know, the, uh, Shogun's got the experience, and Jones really, I mean, he, it's not, you can't say he didn't beat, any, he, he beat nobody's, but he hadn't right. faced anybody near the level of Shogun. And, no. But at the same time, you just, I mean, it was, to me, it's kind of like uh, Vitor against Randy the first time. You just didn't know. 
You know, yeah. it's a veteran who's still in his prime years against a guy who you just have no idea what his upside is. And yep. and and so what we I mean, this was a fight where you learn a lot that nobody could possibly know going into the fight. I just I think the confidence level for any vote going into this fight had to be somewhat tempered tempered by the fact that Jones just hadn't been tested, and you just don't know until that test comes. Yep, yep. I, you know, I, I think it's almost kind of an extreme I, version of, uh, of Brock Lesnar because we had the same questions about Lesnar going into the Carwin fight, whether he can take a punch and all this stuff. Yep. Um, and really, we still don't know what, uh, you know, what happens when Jones, you know, takes a big shot or, or gets caught in a bad position or whatever because he's still, he's still never been in that position. Well, it just you know, I mean, I mean, there's so many amazing Ricky things about Bobby that. Bobby crashes into the wall for the first time. Well, yeah. into the wall, yeah. yeah. And and this is one of those one of those fights where you you watch Jones and you just wonder. This is you know when Vitor was so dominant early, it's just because he was overwhelming. You know, I mean, it was just just overwhelming. This was Jones like he's sitting back going, all right, I'm going to catch my breath and just make sure I don't make a dumb mistake and. Yep. Case my, I mean, he, it was almost like Jones, it turned into like this really high-end training session where he's kind of fascinated, would this work? Will this work? I mean, and Hua had, I mean, it was like he was looking in the eyes of God about 45 seconds into the fight, and after that first round, I mean, it, it was, I, I thought he was mentally defeated. I mean, after round one, I wrote on my blog, I was like, if the betting window is still open by mistake, bet the house. I, I just didn't see this turning around just based on the fear in Shogun's face. Hey, I'm going to step on your feet for a second. I got a caller on uh, on the line from Ireland. Goes by the name of Lucid. Uh, Lucid, uh, what's your name? And uh... hello, yeah. Uh, my name's Liam. Yeah. Hey, Liam. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Not yeah, too bad. Fight, uh, wasn't it? Pretty, uh, pretty dominating fight. I'd have to say uh, 10-9, 10-9, and maybe a 10-8 before it was uh, over by the knockout. I'd even go 10-8 round one, potentially. I mean, I I just think the mental – I like, if you take a mental reading, just the mental state of the fighters going to the corner, I mean, not that that's worth a point, but if you're close, that sways you. And it was just – I mean, I, I wrote 10-8 question mark after round one. Do you guys um, think I think that, I think eight two three seven five six. Do Do you guys think that they should do like half points in UFC, like a, a ten uh, eight point five round or a ten nine point five round? You know, you know, I've, I've heard that. No, not around. me. Meltzer's love for for the half point hey. round is making it twenty seventeen. You know, you're just adding. Uh, judges to screw up the scoring. Yeah, and, yeah. And what, I mean, that's asking what, a lot of judges. And yeah, what do you guys judge. think about what do you guys think about the ten point must system? Do you think it's a good system? Do you think it's always fair? Like you know, say if someone fights, but you know, one guy got a really dominating round and you know looked good throughout the fight. You know, do you think it's fair that the other guy lost or? You know, like Rampage versus Machida. If yeah. it was on a Pride Must fight on a ten point must, Rampage wins that fight. I mean, everyone they walk into the cage, it's not like they go, "Okay, Jones, you're fighting under and Shogun, you're fighting under UFC unified scoring rules." I mean, the important thing is the enforcement and interpretation of the current risk the last yeah. year or two. Hey, it, that's you, right, with the bad phone? Please, that. Sean? What's that? I, I got a 
jump in with just a technical issue because I mean we're. The, the, the connection is so rough. Uh, who called in? As- Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Host. Sorry to do this in-house That's stuff on air. Me. Yeah, Richard. Um, yeah, you're just yeah. calling in, Sean, on the regular line? Yeah. It's really yeah, bad. Ask me, Wade. I'll dial on dial back in. Yeah, why don't you why don't you hang up and dial back in? The show may go dead for a minute for a second or not since I didn't dial in as host because I didn't want to I didn't want to um, disconnect you. But I think it's worth call, hanging up and calling back if you can. It's it's really rough. You agree, Sean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So go ahead and go ahead and hang up, Rich, and, and both of us can call back. So hold on, everybody. Okay. All right. Sorry about that, everybody. It's just Rich's line. We couldn't do an hour of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so to, to speak to your to your judging question or to your scoring question, I, I think the the ten point month system is not maybe not an ideal system, um, but I think you can make it work. Uh, now I, I think the half point system would kind of confuse the issue, and uh, and probably lead to more you know more controversial scores. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like I watched that John Fitch uh, BJ Penn fight, and, and there's no way that BJ Penn was winning that fight, and then it was a fucking uh, what was it, a majority draw, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Ian, I'll say this for ten eight. I mean, the thing for ten eight that I like is that if there's, and and this can be or for a ten point must, I should say. I mean, I know you can do ten eight, but it's rarely given out, and I think what it does is the, the benefit, and one of the designs of it is every every third round becomes relevant. You know, because yeah. because even unless there's two ten eights, I mean, you know, then you're done. But but you're probably going to have it last the two rounds. But at least with a ten point must system, you're telling every fighter you have to bring it. You can't, you know, you've got to bring it and go for points. You can't settle for for a win because it's not a ten point must. So I mean, in the end, I don't know. I mean, I, I've you know read pros and cons. I don't think it's a huge huge issue because I think most of the time. I mean, there's exceptions, but I just think most of the time I don't know that the judges are are going to be able to have the nuance necessary to to change the fights that we think are controversial because the judges aren't good enough. Yeah, yeah what exactly. you're saying, I, I'm back, by the way. Is my cool, that's much better. Like, like, yeah, okay, cool. You're, you're great. Um, I'm glad to hear that. What you what you were telling <clears throat> what you were telling the caller uh, Liam about having to bring it in the third round? Uh, think of Forrest Griffin versus Tito Ortiz. Two. Oh, Tito well, Ortiz didn't do one thing. <laughs> That was a word. That was a gentle. I'm sorry. That was a gentleman's agreement. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I think. I think they just walked in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It illustrates your point. He did nothing yeah. in the third round whatsoever. And yep. unless he knew he was ahead, ten nine, ten nine on all the cards, he was going to lose that fight as a result. And, and yep. sure enough, he did. Yep. 
Yeah, well, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, I yeah, that fight brings back bad memories. So I, I just I, I didn't think any Tito Ortiz fight brings back bad me- memories. Come on, it, it yeah, from from at least the last eight years, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have uh, you guys have... ever given like a ten-seven round to like a fight? Yeah, uh, Caleb Stearns lost a ten-seven when he was doing his bicycling versus Nate Quarry a couple of years ago. You know uh, that actually that actually brings up a really good point, Ian. I, I'm sorry, I don't want a Bigfoot. Sean or Richie. Let me jump in because, you know, maybe the solution isn't half points. Maybe the solution is just doing, saying it's 10 point must, but let's make it commonplace to make it 10 4, 10 5, 10 6, 10 7. Let's spread it out a little bit more. Instead of, do, instead of being so scared of giving a 10 8 or a 10 7, let's just give judges permission. Let's, let's weigh it more. Let's make a typical win in a round be 10 8 or 10 7. 10 9 means really close, but one guy got the edge. And ten five is the new t- ten eight is the new ten five. I mean, that's essentially a half point system then. Yeah. If they just use ten eights in the sporadic ten seven, that's all they'd need to do. Because yeah. Ten seven essentially cements it for you. Yeah. But, I, I mean, mean I'm I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. A little bit of exaggeration always gets the point across better. I mean, yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Uh, ten, I, I'm also of the camp. I never want to see a ten ten under any circumstance. You watch the fight for five minutes. <laughs> you ought to have an inkling at least of who is, yeah. you know, even one second ahead. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, let's see expanded ten eights, expanded ten sevens. I, I'm, you know, if, if a fight goes to a draw, I'm for a shootout. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <I> agree <laughs> with that. But sudden victory works in the Ultimate Fighter House. I would have no problem with a with a K one style for you know extra round right there on the spot. I yeah, mean, obviously that's up to the commissions and not the uh, the UFC. Yep. What 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 are your guys' thoughts about uh, the big uh, thing that happened last weekend? UFC uh, purchasing the strike force. Well, to me, I, I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, I, I I think it's it probably makes things tougher for the fighters if they don't end up, uh, you know, unionizing or what have you. But yeah. you know, for the fans, I don't I don't think. You can ask for anything more than that, you know. To me, what you want to have all the top fighters in the world is, from a fan perspective, under one umbrella. You want everybody to be, to be able to fight each other um, without any kind of political uh, issues. Uh, the so, the so, lowest paid fighters in the UFC were were until recently, uh, even a couple months ago, were getting three thousand to show, three thousand uh, to win. Uh, you, not on pay per views. Pay per views yeah. eight and eight. But on a couple of the Spike TV versus shows, you've seen three and three. Now, those numbers have gone up over the last couple of years, in yeah. part because of the competition. But if Dana White says Strike Force wasn't competition, Affliction wasn't competition, then he's raising the floor a little bit just out of the goodness of his own heart. But he has very little incentive to keep raising the floor. Now, the millionaires, yeah. you know, the, the headliners are still going to be getting their pay per view cuts, they're still going to be getting their percentages, and those are still going to go up. But. Yeah. If I'm a fighter, I mean, I'm really hoping that, you know, MFC or Titan or Shark or Shine or Bellator or whomever makes a strong move to fill in, you know, nature abhors a vacuum. There's a vacuum in the role of number two promotion in the world right yeah. now. Someone's yeah. got to fill that hole. Well, you know, and, and, uh, you know, we wonder if the NFL, with the NFL lockout, if that doesn't get solved, I mean, why doesn't, you know, I mean, a, a, I don't know if it's a dream scenario or just this outlandish scenario, but what if ESPN just says, Screw it. We're tired of paying for rights to leagues that aren't going to play. Let's let's get in the game. You know, I mean, if Netflix can buy their own TV shows, why can't ESPN start their own MMA promotion? They're kind of tepid, you know, kind of half involved right now, not you know dipping their toe in the water. But the NFL is everything. There, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it would take something at that level to compete with UFC because of the brand name. ESPN's the only brand that I think would have a chance to compete with UFC at this point. 
unless UFC pulls a Bischoff and just starts getting cocky and making mistakes, and that'll take three, four years at least. My problem is I don't think Strike Force was huge competition, and I didn't see it becoming that. You know, I mean, right. when you look at the fighters that were named fighters, they didn't go to Strike Force because of a bidding war, so to speak. There were usually some personal issues. It was Dana being Dana. Um, you know, I mean, maybe for some of the mid-card and lower-card prospects it worked that way. But my, my pessimism is, is just I don't think Zufa is going to allow USC and Strikeforce to get in a bidding war for talent. So, oh. I mean, that's going to hurt talent. And I don't see Zufa giving Scott Coker the keys to the car to start making decisions that Dana White screaming on the phone is, is, ter- is a terrible boneheaded move. So they're not going to be independent. Scott Coker on... Uh, sorry, Wade. If you saw Scott yeah, no, Coker on Friday night uh, on on uh, HDNet, he looked like someone stole his prom date at the prom. <laughs> yeah. He's not happy, and his yeah. heart is probably not nearly as into saving Strike Force because all he's doing is giving Dana White and all of them more money. He didn't want to sell. He didn't want to become part of this. He wasn't yeah. for the merger, and everything yeah. he's going to do is going to be half-hearted. So, I mean, the, the brand is going to go away. The second Ken Hirschman says, I don't want it anymore, <laughs> or the second yeah. the contracts with Showtime are done, then strike force is gone and it's all a new point and there and then there is no even nominal pretend number two organization. And that's what I feel it is. I mean Sean, I really do I just don't think I, I just don't even if they're trying to convince themselves they will, USC is the first born and Strike Force is, is this you know, this league that Dana White had nothing good to say about, picked it apart, and now it's on a network that he hates and it's not like Dana has no pull, even if he wasn't, you know, ultimately enthusiastic in the interview. Uh, you know, with Ariel about this, I, I just, I, I just don't, I don't see anything coming of it other than it just gets absorbed into the oh. USC brand. Or, you know, as I wrote, it's just, I, I, I mean, I don't think it was a great idea, but I think it's the only sustainable idea. Strikeforce just becomes a developmental league that has great fights, and they just, you know, you got to win in Strikeforce in order to earn a spot in USC. But they have all the weight divisions. I mean, I, that's, I don't think it's a great idea, but I think it's the only sustainable idea for that brand. It was, it was weird having Goldberg say Strikeforce tonight. Are you, yeah, are you guys? Really... Oh, sorry, sorry for interrupting. No, 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 you, you go guys... ahead. You're, you're our guest. You... Oh, well, thank you. Um, are you guys like uh, wrestling fans as well as uh, MMA fans? Well, Wade Keller runs PW Torch, which is one of the uh, biggest newsletters out there. Um, he, oh, Wade Keller. Oh, 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 Wade Keller, is it? Yeah, you're talking. To... Yeah. Oh, Wade, wow. Oh, this is a privilege now. Uh, I believe. <laughs> I believe you uh, know, know Brian Alvarez. Yeah, yeah, I know Brian. Oh, we wow. trade newsletters. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. Brian Alvarez is a man. Right. <laughs> All right, anything else, Ian, for us? Um. Did you uh, hear about the new Ring of Honor champion, or...? Yeah, we got to talk about UFC tonight. Call the live cat. Call yeah, the we'll live cat on Blog Talk Radio on Monday. We'll talk all, all about it. All right, thanks, Wade. Uh, I appreciate you uh, having me on. So cool. Thanks, Ian. Yeah, appreciate thanks, you sounding so much, Colin. No problem. All right. All right. Um, I we've talked Jones. We've talked uh, Force. There's still a lot from uh, UFC 128 we need to cover. Uh, we'll go in chronological order, uh, starting with the co-main event. Uriah Faber. Uh, winning a unanimous decision over uh, Eddie Wineland, uh, 29-28 on all three cards. Uh, I was kind of surprised that all three cards are 29-28 because I thought the first round was close enough where, you know, one or two guys would give it, or referee judges 
would would give the first round to Faber. I, I thought Faber did what he needed to do, which was just win. Uh, I didn't think Wineland was getting nearly enough credit. I, I mean, I understand how betting lines work, but anyone who thought Faber minus 500 and uh, Wineland plus 300 was an accurate representation on that fight was going to go was insane. Uh, Sean, I'm going to start with you, and then Wade, you can just take it right out, right uh, uh, the ball out of his hands. Uh, what do you think of Faber's performance? Did he do what he needed to do in order to get a title shot? Uh, is is that what's in his future? Oh, absolutely. He's going to be he's going to be coaching the Ultimate Fighter after Brock Lesnar um, up against Dominic Cruz, and he's getting his title shot. Uh, yeah, I, I think he did what he needed to do. Um, you know, being a big Wineland fan, uh, I, I I thought that he was getting he was not getting a lot of credit, but at the same time. I thought Faber was going to blow through him. I, I thought yeah. that uh, after seeing Wineland fight Hani Yaya and just get get choked out um, by a guy that all he has is submissions, um, you know, given that fight was a long time ago, I figured a guy like Faber was going to submit him pretty quick. Um, what I did not expect was for his takedown defense to be so outstanding. I mean, he just mm-hmm. was able to stuff Faber over and over again in the first round. Um, and looked great doing so, and, you know, kept the fight competitive the whole time. Uh, Faber didn't win that fight by, it wasn't a blowout. You know, those second, those, the second and third round um, were close. I gave them both to Faber. Um, I had it 29-28 myself, but, uh, yeah, Faber looked good. Wineland is, is not going anywhere, though. I think he's going to be staying around, and, uh, you know, we, we'll probably hear from him again. You know, uh, I, wait, I before we get back to you, wait, sure. sorry, uh, before we get back to you, I want to bring another caller in on the line. Yeah, uh, please from do. the 814 yeah. area code. Uh, caller, please tell us your name, and uh, what do you want to talk about from UFC 128 tonight? 814, you're on the show live. No, no, he's off. Uh, Wade, oh, okay. uh, why, don't you fish, uh, why don't you start talking about uh, Faber? Absolutely, and just because it's a habit. Now, let me go out the phone number two if anybody wants to call, because we've got open phone lines. 646-716-8090. Give us a call if you're listening to us on the iPhone or on your computer or anywhere else. 646 646- 716-8090. We're live after the fight. You're not listening to a pre-recording, so give us a call here. And make sure and, to press uh, 1 when you're ready to talk. Yep, yep. You can listen in and uh, not participate, but if you press 1, we get an indication that you want to talk to us. Um, you know, I, I, I was really impressed by Wineland. I mean, I, I just I, this was Faber's USC debut. This was supposed to be a showcase for him, and, and it was, you know, I mean, it was a stalemate in, in a lot of ways those first couple rounds. I mean, I, I agree with the scoring, Sean, what you said. I think Wineland absolutely looks like, I mean, he's, you know, what, five years younger than Uriah? You know, I mean, Uriah's not the California kid anymore. He's a California veteran. I mean, um, you know, he's starting to face young guys who, you know, maybe nobody's going to be quicker and more sudden than Faber at at his age. But as he ages, some of these guys are going to start catching up and closing that gap. I I mean, I – I don't. I, Faber looked good, but I don't think if you've never watched WEC and you've only heard of Faber that you're going to come away from this fight going, "Oh, I want to see this guy co-headline another show." You know, you got little glimpses of it, but this isn't the same guy. This wasn't the same type of performance we saw two, three, four years ago from him. No, and I, I don't think anyone should expect to see that again because I mean, the dude has been through some wars, and yeah. Yeah, I don't care who you are. Age takes you know, age takes its toll on anybody. Yeah. Everyone saw the the four minutes that he put in against Mizugaki and just assumed that all of a sudden that we're going to see that you know for four minutes exactly what we saw against you know Jens Pulver in two thousand eight, Dominic Cruz in two thousand seven so on and so forth. And that's why that's what my my question was, and maybe I didn't emphasize where I wanted uh, you guys to go with it is this version of what we saw of Uriah Faber worthy of getting the title shot other than the name recognition. I, I think that puts it yeah. a little better to what I was getting at. 
I guess it really depends on comparing him and Sean. Do it. I mean, do do a a, a depth chart. You know, lay of the land. How, how does it? How does Faber now look compared to the other top contenders? Well, that's just. I it. want to put him up against Dominic, or not against Dominic, against uh, um, um, sorry, Miguel Torres. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's your eliminator fight. Yeah. Yeah, that's just it. Is, is If you don't go with favor, who are you going to go with? Yeah. Um, you know, they, they need a, a challenger right now, um, you know, to – to fill that slot for the ultimate fighter and, and more so for the, for the title shot itself. And, uh, is Cruz's hand ready? What's that? Is Cruz's hand ready? I, I, from the, the surgery he had, when is he going to be ready to fight? Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I know they do want to get that, that coach's spot filled though. So like yeah. the timeline, the timeline fits. Um, so I think, you know, you're not looking at a really deep pool in the, in the bantamweight division, just because it's so, it's such a young division and, you know, a lot of Faber's resume admittedly comes from featherweight. Um, but at the same time, you know, you've got Brian Bowles, who is the former champion but only has one win since he lost. Um, you've got Miguel Torres, who has got a couple under his belt now, but he's going to need to be more impressive in his next fight. Um, he's got to look good against Brad Pickett. Yeah, he's got to look good against Pickett. Uh, and, and then that's, you know, you got Joseph Benavidez, um, who I believe lost to Cruz a couple of fights ago. Uh, before yeah, he's before fights to him now. Title. Yeah. Um, and then Mighty Mouse, and that's it. Yeah, and that, that's pretty much it. So I, I think Favor is probably your best choice, you know, and when you add the name recognition to it, it becomes a no-brainer. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I think it's it's a pretty good it's a pretty good idea to put him in there. I think Wyland, though, had he won the fight, would have definitely been a worthy contender. Um, you know, he was on a streak his own self and, and looked really impressive in his last few fights. Uh so, you know, again, I think he's going to make some noise going down the road, but the favor, yeah, I think favor definitely deserves a shot at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think Wineland moves into the t- – I mean, I, I, it depends on everything else, but I think Wineland earns strong consideration for being perennial top ten now until he gets stopped by somebody lesser than favor. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I, want to, yeah. I want to bring another caller in here from the uh, 401 area code. Uh, sir, what is your name, and uh, what do you want to talk about from 128 tonight? Uh, this is Dave Walsh, and I was supposed to go on earlier. Hey, Dave from uh, LiverKick.com, one of one of the absolutely best uh, uh, kickboxing sites you're ever going to see. Uh, Dave was a guest with us for an hour and ten minutes on Tuesday night, and it was, it was my favorite show. So I want to thank you for giving us so much of your time on Tuesday night. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, I just heard you guys talking uh, about a Wyland and Faber there, and uh, I don't know. I think for a guy with a hype train behind him like Faber does, 
tonight did not really make him look great. No matter what you, no matter how you spin it, it did not make him look good. No, I I I, I agree. That's why what I was asking before you got into the queue was was whether he just based on the merits of, of what we've seen from him, you know, last night, does he deserve the next shot? And if not, who? And the, the pool of bantamweights as we've uh, Wade Keller and Sean Ennis are also on the line, David, by the way. Oh, that's what we were discussing is, well, who else? And there's kind of a, a dearth of challengers right now. Yeah, I mean, no matter what, Faber is the guy they, they were going to push. No matter what, even if you probably lost this fight, they'd find a way <laughs> to get back in the mix. They, I mean, they found a way to get back in, in any mix, no matter what. I, they, what would they do, drop him down on another weight class and have him fight that ref he was in that fight? You know, like, put <laughs> him in the women's division. It doesn't matter. They would find a way. Um, yeah, and Dave, let me ask you. Oh, go ahead, wait, go ahead. No, no, I, I was just kind of nodding in agreement. I mean, I think he'd have been co. He, he's the name guy. He speaks English. He's got the look and the name value. He's going to be coach, and they just find a story to tell to, uh, you know, to, to justify it. You know, so yeah, yeah. And I agree. he and they don't like each other. That's goal. the favorite story that they have to tell is when coaches hate each other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they that this was their best case scenario for now. They wanted to set up this fight with the story because come on, let's face it, they're basically a pro wrestling company. <laughs> Having Rashad <laughs> come in after the Jones fight, they are a pro wrestling company that promotes real fights. Hey, yeah. 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 And, and there's so many other companies in history of the sport are. Bruce yeah. Mitchell yeah. loves you right now, David. He's been saying that forever. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a pro wrestling what, what, senior columnist and he's been covering MMA since USC number one too. And I mean he specializes in pro wrestling, but he's just he, he's he always contends and we always talk about it. It's like nobody calls MMA pro wrestling, but he thinks it should be classified as that. Um for you know, because there's not a set schedule. It's not like the NBA or NFL where, you know, the the NFC East plays the AFC East this year and next year it's the AFC West you know, it's like it's not a set schedule and, and there's just promoters have too much control over it and you know, it's it's it, so yeah, I mean there's a million reasons that it, it has a lot of manipulation that's similar uh, to pro wrestling, other than, yeah, the fights are real, and sometimes things, the unexpected happens, and I have a feeling pro wrestling promoters would not have booked as one-sided of a matchup tonight in the main event, and that's where MMA loses a little ground. But at the same time, that might be the mistake of the pro wrestling promoters because that was a star, you know, obviously a star-making performance, and they just move in the next challenger. Anyway. Vince McMahon controls the finishes, but yeah. the problem is that he has certain finishes that he likes to go to. Yeah. There you go. Yep. <laughs> And I don't even like wrestling, and I know that. Come on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dave, let me ask you. Uh, we, we, from the card tonight, what stands out the most? has to be John Jones, right? No, what stands out second most? Yeah. Okay, what stands no. out second okay. most? <laughs> what stands out we second the most, most is Jim Miller. I mean, without a shadow of a doubt, it was Jim Miller. I mean, because yeah, I, I, he has I the terrible now. <laughs> yeah, I do not care about the 155 weight class other than him at this point. It's like, oh, Showtime Pettis, nah, okay, he had a cool kick. And it's like, oh, Gray Maynard versus Frankie for the third time. Nah, I've seen it twice. I don't really care anymore. I want to see, you know, like, I, I'm going to hop in on you on there. I mean, yeah, he had the cool kick, but he also had the massive kick against Danny Castillo at 47. He also had the, the fantastic wrestling that no one expected to see against uh, Shane Roller at WEC 50, which, you know, he wound up finishing with submission there. I mean, that's an interesting cat. Yeah, I would have to differ yeah. with you. I mean, I, I, I like Jim Miller, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I don't think his resume at the moment warrants – any more consideration than the winner of, of Guida Pettis. 
I think it's Gallup like words that over Guida. See, here's the thing. When guys get momentum because of how staggered the fights are set up, they lose any momentum by the time they finally get their title shot. Like, all right, right now I'm like, oh, Jim Miller's awesome. That fight was great. Like, his last couple of fights. But he has to wait in line. By the time he gets his shot, probably somebody else has done something interesting that I'd rather see fight, you know? They, they avoided that with John Jones this time, but that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, and I think really that's kind of the double-edged that's the double-edged sword that you run into in the lightweight division because there's three or four guys right now that have have momentum. You, know, you got Miller, you got Melvin Gillard, you got uh, Clay Guida has got some momentum. You got you know Anthony Pettis is coming off that big one in, in the WEC. Um, you know, I, I think there's any number of guys that you can plug in to a to a contender fight and be, have them be credible. Wouldn't it be cool if they had a tournament? I mean, come on, <laughs> a tournament. That's crazy. <laughs> Things they, would, uh, things they would never well, do. What, what they've been doing is keeping the contenders at 155 away from each other, which is why you see Sonoropolis versus Seaver, which is why you see the fight we saw tonight, Miller versus uh, an unheralded uh, Kamal Shalarus, because they have so many contenders and so little time to put all those fights together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things, but that's definitely what stood out to me, other than John Jones living up to his hype train and that weird marketing thing about the crackhead. What, you guys, oh. I, didn't, I didn't get to join in at the beginning. This is Wade Keller jumping in. We've got four people here, so I'll, I'll say my name just so people associate our voices a little bit more. Um, I didn't get to join in at the very beginning of the show, but, I mean, is, is, is there even a chance of Anderson Silva in, say, 2012 moving up, and that's the one fight that everybody's talking about, Silva versus Jones? Can that happen? I think that, can, but yeah, I think that fight would definitely get some momentum, especially if the GSP fight doesn't happen, because you're going to see Anderson Silva is much more capable, I think, uh, of moving up in weight than GSP is. Especially if yeah. you look at the, I don't know if you guys saw the picture, um, the publicity photo of uh, Silva next to GSP, but he just dwarfs him. Um, yeah. Silva does, yeah. and uh, you know we've seen Silva at 205. He looks dominant at 205. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think that fight definitely gets some momentum down the road if Jones gets a couple of defenses under his belt. And like I said a few minutes ago, I think he steamrolls Rashad Evans, just crushes him. I do too. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I mean, Rashad so, looked great, you know, in, until he was stopped. I don't, I don't think Jones is a guy who's going to look great until he gets stopped by someone. I, I think the person who beats Jones is either Anderson Silva or somebody we haven't heard of yet in eight years because he's 25 and Jones is 30 or 31. I mean, like. I just don't – I mean, is there any – who's the most intriguing fight out there other than Anderson Silva that's the least bit exactly. realistic? Of, unless you know, right, I'm saying the least bit realistic. When he can't make, when he can't okay. make 205 anymore, which will be a yeah. year or two, it's Kane Velasquez. Okay, good. He's not yeah. playing at 205 forever. Yeah, 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 I can see that. Particularly I, I if think, Velasquez stays uh, undefeated. What's that? Particularly if Velasquez stays undefeated for a year or two. Yeah. yeah. It's a funny thing because, you know, we talk about this now, um, and it looks like in four weight classes now we've got guys that are quote-unquote unbeatable. Um, you know, yep. you've got Velasquez, you've got St. Pierre Silva, and and now John Jones. Um, and, you know, it could be in, in two months we're talking about how we can't believe that one of them got dominated. You know, it's a funny thing, but I, I think I think you could be right. You know, Jones eventually I think will probably move to heavyweight. He just looks so lanky. At 205, um, and, and it's it's kind of hard to skip there in, in three four years. But uh, 
yeah, I, I don't know who gives him a hard time. I think you might see a guy like Rampage maybe, um, just because he he comes in, you know, he he gets in your face a lot faster than uh, than yeah. some of the other guys saw. But I don't know, you know, it could be that that works to his detriment. Like I said, you know, we've never seen John Jones in trouble before, so how do you? Who knows how you actually get to him? And it's got to be. I, I think it almost has to be somebody who hasn't taken a lot on the chin yet. I mean, that's the one thing we're learning about UFC. It's not age as much as it's how many times have you been hit hard and for how many seconds have you been knocked out. That accumulation is is so important. I mean, there's guys who have so much experience and so much strength and savvy and skill sets, but if you can't take being pelted on the chin or behind the ear, um, you know, it's over. And and we've seen that. And, you know, Chuck Liddell, Krokop, a variety of people. It just, I, I just don't know that. I mean, I, that's why I think it has to be somebody who hasn't taken a lot of punishment because Jones is going to, with that reach advantage and speed and youth, he's going to make a lot of co- powerful contact. And with the kicks uh, and the knees, I mean, it was everything. Yeah. He's one of those guys that people, people need to figure him out. He has, yeah. I've pointed yeah. this out so many times, he has terrible footwork. He has really mediocre headwork, and he has no combinations that he throws. So basically, if you get on the inside against him and you're good on the inside – you will probably get the better of him. But as we saw with Shogun, he just had no way to get on the inside, which is what he needed, yeah, that's, like small arms. That's, so he's a new major league pitcher who's going to go... I'm sorry, Rich. <laughs> no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, he's a new major league pitcher who goes through the batting order once and strikes everyone out. Second time right, around, right. the batters figure him out. Exactly. Well, the, the, the difference, though, is that he has – it's not just a, his athleticism. He has length. He has a body that you can't train for. I mean, similar to similar to Lesnar because, I mean, you can get a big, strong guy, but not with that speed. You can't get the limbs and the arms and the quickness that Jones has. So, I mean, it, it's one thing to know what to do. If someone – let's say he wasn't a Jackson guy, and Jackson puts together a perfect game plan – it, I could have the game plan to strike out, uh, you know, oh, I'm so out of baseball, to strike out David Wright. Thank you. There's a baseball player. Wow. You know, but if I don't have the ability to throw the pitches, it doesn't matter. And I don't know if anyone right now has the physical abilities to match up to, even with a perfect game plan, to take out Jones. And no one knows whether they, whether they have it or not. I want to segue real quickly. Uh, news just broke uh, from the bonuses for UFC 128. Uh, Fight of the Night went to uh, – Barboza and Andrew Kwani, uh, Edson Barboza won a uh, 29-28 in all three cards in the decision. And there were two knockout of the night and no submission of the night bonuses. Uh, rather obvious, both Eric Koch and Brendan Schaub uh, got knockout of the night bonuses. Uh, Brendan Schaub for his knockout of Miracle Krokop and uh, Eric Koch for his one-punch knockout on Rafael Asuncel. Uh I do want to talk a little bit about, this might be the, the worst night in history of the Pride Nut Huggers. Uh, with both uh, Shogun and Krokop going down on the same night uh, in violent fashion. Brendan Schaub looked really solid. He looked very patient. Uh, Krokop looked game. He went from the flashiest fighter of all time to one of the grittiest. Uh, I mean, his last three or four fights have been gritty, ugly, you know, wars of attrition. And the Mir fight and now now the Schaub fight, I mean, he wound up on his ass as a result. Uh we're, we're never going to see Brennan, or uh, not Brennan Shaw. We're never going to see Miracle Krokop fight again, are we? How well, many times? Really I, I thought that a couple times, but. <laughs> He'll keep coming back, apparently. Yeah. yeah he doesn't need the money, but he wants to see if he can compete today. He can't, you know? I mean, I like the name value. I, I, I've been waiting for the story, you know, the comeback story, the, you know, re- story of redemption. It's just, it's not there. You know, there's no dream fights. 
there's no dream fights left for him. I don't want to, I wanted to see Couture Crow Cop at one point. I don't now. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I feel I, I feel bad, but it, watch DVD. It's it's you know yeah, great. Yeah, it's sad on, that the only fight I can see for Crow Cop anymore is Mark Hunt. You know, I mean, I think <laughs> well, that yeah. says enough about. No, I, I'm actually serious. I wouldn't. I mean, I don't want to see it, but I mean, if I were going to put a fight together, that would yeah. be the one, and I don't yeah. want to see that again. Yeah, there's two guys who don't um, who really don't belong in the UFC right now. <laughs> is what it is. Correct. Right, right. I mean, put him in strike force. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, New Marquardt. Uh, I don't want to against, see against, against uh, uh, Andre Olavsky. There we go. Crow cop Andre. Oh wow! Well, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I had to jump in. I there. suppose it, I suppose if Mark Pavlich has to put something together in six months' time. Yeah. Um, see, I, I told Jamie I wasn't going to make the Pavlich connection, and I did anyways. I'm sorry. Nate <laughs> um, Marquardt. I don't want to say he struggled against Dan Miller, but I mean he had a real fight on his hands despite Miller taking the fight on short notice. You fight against Miller, you know it's likely going to decision. Uh, Marquardt took a unanimous decision, 30-27, all three cards. Um, Marquardt. I mean. Is, is he is he a step behind what he was say two years ago, or is it just you know he's fighting game guys? I I have a hard time figuring him out now. Uh, Sean, I think, let's have you go first and then go go in order. Um, <laughs> before before I get to that, I, I'll I'll tell you. Uh, uh, Kevin, I only just tweeted that Dana White says uh, UFC is done with with Krokop. So yeah, yeah. There's your answer yeah, okay. to that. Um, but he didn't say Strikeforce Mark Mark is done with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't say oh, so I never know. Um, yeah. No, I, I, the Marquardt Miller fight. You know, Marquardt was was fine. Um, I was impressed with Miller That's for making the fight. He he stepped up on short notice. Um, you know, with Akiyama having to having to bow out of this one, and uh, you know, Marquardt he took care of business essentially. Um, you know, it's tough to Dan Miller is a tough guy to finish, uh, especially on the ground. So. You know, it was what it was. I, I, there's not really a whole lot to say about it other than Marquardt is a better fighter than Miller. You know, we kind of knew that going in, and it was uh, pretty much confirmed after the fight. So. Yeah, it was similar to the favorite fight for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't, know, see, I don't think it takes anything away from Marquardt because Miller is always has been a very tough fighter. Um, yeah. I think the, the way that I explained Miller earlier to people was that Dan Miller is always in the fight, and he always puts up a great, entertaining fight. He just doesn't know how to win them. <laughs> Yeah, and obviously, I think and to be honestly, fair, his four losses in the UFC are against great opponents. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, quite honestly, Akiyama wouldn't have lasted. And he, Akiyama was going in to get knocked out. As much as I love the guy, yeah. um, Miller put up a better fight than Akiyama would have. It was going to be a showcase fight, and instead it turned into a fight. I think if we look at the marketing side of things, the pro wrestling side of things too, this wasn't a win that makes. Any fight promoter, Dana White or otherwise, excited to try to headline or co-headline with Nate. You know, it, it was it's like, hey, you know, after each round, it was congratulations. You know, it, it was very sportsmanlike. I think this one of the top ten stories of the night has to be that Mike Goldberg resisted calling them classy or calling Nate Jamiller <laughs> class acts. I mean, those two were like, you know, I mean, it was like brothers on a wedding day talking about oh, what a great, you know, how great it was. I mean. I, I mean, I, I'm fine with it. I mean, I understand. It was great sportsmanship, and Joe Rogan helps make it more entertaining, I think, if the crowd had earpieces in. And Rogan's, you know, in there kind of describing what's happening. It might seem more interesting, but the crowd was just dead. The average fan watching at a bar is not going to pay to see Nate. And, and you know, Uriah has the charisma going for him and the name value and, and you know, the, the unique look. And purely marketing-wise, Nate didn't do himself any favors in the pocketbook for getting a big fight. Ty goes to the more marketable, exciting guy. 
Yeah, the, the Nate Marquardt that we saw against Martin Campman, Wilson Govea, Damian Maya, we haven't seen that Nate Marquardt in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I mean, he picked Akiyama that, for his opponent, because that was going to be... Yeah, the way he looked against Govea, I mean, he looked like Anderson Silva with the finishing sequence there. And that guy's gone. Uh, there was a rather uninspiring undercard that we just want to touch upon uh, here. we got about ten minutes left in the show. Um, the highlight, of course, was not aired on Facebook, not aired on Spike TV, not aired on pay-per-view. Uh, I can't believe you just said there. not aired on Facebook. That's just so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sorry. I, I wasn't going to throw a streamed in there. I was on a roll. I, I do. So, uh, fighting, 20 mi- or fighting out of a camp 20 miles north of my house. Uh, I love all those Duke Rufus guys. One-punch knockout on Rafael Sunsal, two, two minutes, 32 seconds into round number one. Uh, this was a huge victory for him. Uh, he's stringing massive hits together, and the only loss on his resume, uh, Chad Mendez, who's you know probably number one contender in the division. Eric Koch's for real, isn't he? Yeah, I would say he's for real. Um, although I do have to correct you, it was aired on Spike and the pay per view, but you know it wasn't planned on being aired. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I kind of pointing out the, I, I like to point out the fact any WEC fight that would have been on TV that isn't even making Facebook. Just not right. principle. Yeah. Um, yeah, Eric Hogue is definitely for real. Um, he's he's going to hurt some people. And uh, so is, not to segue uh, too roughly, but I, wa- I want to get this in before we before we have to cut it off here. But Edson Barboza, that guy's going to mess some people up on the way up. Yeah, I, 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 I can't that's talk been, too much that about that fight myself. Right. I'm just saying that kid did not connect right. That's No, it didn't. You go to the head with a like on your hands. <laughs> As the resident kickboxing guy will just say, it was not pretty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was was unable to see the Catone uh, Philippou uh, and the uh, Benavides Loveland fight, so I do want to go to the two that were on Facebook. Uh, it was Veterans Night on Facebook as uh, veteran Kurt Pellegrino lost a uh, split decision to veteran Gleason Tebow. And veteran Ricardo Almeida lost a uh, unanimous decision to veteran Mike Pyle. Um, I thought of the four, Pyle looked the best. And, I mean, maybe not as good as he did against Hathaway, but it's hard to know exactly what to put into that Hathaway victory now, uh, given his record since. Any of, any of those four guys stand out to any of you gentlemen? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think the losers on the Facebook card are strike force bound, maybe, but that's not always thought. Yeah, I, I heard someone say um, when they think of Ricardo Almeida, they think of 2002, and I think that pretty much sums up Ricardo Almeida because uh, yeah, you know, back in the day he when he took too much he, time, he took too much time off of MMA, didn't he? Yeah, yes, yes he did. Left behind. Yeah, it, yeah. The the story to me, obviously, out of the night is John Jones. Um, we got about seven minutes here. We're we're gonna tie it back into. To yeah. where the UFC goes from here, the the lineage of the UFC light heavyweight division in the uh, in the Ultimate Fighter era is Chuck Liddell defending, uh, losing to Rampage Jackson, who defended one time against Dan Henderson, who lost. Uh, Rampage wound up losing the title to Forrest. Forrest, in his first defense, lost the title to Rashad. In his first defense, Stanky legged the title to Machida who then won a very controversial Florida. decision over, over Shogun, and then Shogun lost the title in his first defense to John Jones. So, I mean, 
obviously I don't believe in superstitions and, you know, cause and effect with, you know, with, with no, you know, with no commonality there. But, I mean, we, we, we should slow down at least a little bit and, and recognize the fact that we've had the Machida era and the Shogun era and the Rampage era, and none of these eras have lasted very long at all. Um, but, but they were all, Dave, I mean, we didn't look at any, I, I don't think I looked at Forrest as a strong champion. I think we thought Lyota had, a, Lyota had a chance, but, you know, Shogun was, you know, obviously coming back from his problems. And he was always there. And then, you know, Quentin, and, I mean, Quentin Rampage Jackson, he was, you know, always kind of seen as on their level, but not not dominant, not inferior. I mean, this is the first time, you know, as you go through that list, I mean, this is the first time we've seen somebody who looks like they are a level above every, everybody else with his performances so far. And it is the first time through the batting order, so to speak, for him. But, I mean, I, I don't, I just, I mean, I, I think, Joe, I, I just, I don't think the history means anything right now. I think we're looking at a bunch of people just like Jones is looking down at contenders like Anderson Silva is right now, and like George St. Pierre has been, although maybe less less extremely than Jones is right now, just based on what we've seen. I mean, I I just I mean Forrest Griffin. I mean that that's just it's like it's like a you know you're bringing him out to be slaughtered, and and I, you know we feel that way about um, about Rashada already. Um, and he might have the best chance. Rogan did his best job to try to sell that at the end of the pay-per-view, and I give him credit for it, and it made me a little more excited than I was when they were standing in the ring. I don't know, guys. I, I just, I just, I mean, I'm, I want to watch the fights. I want to see how dominant Jones is, but I, I don't see any contenders right now that I think would end this reign. There are three I, names I, that I want to throw out to you and have you guys just sit ball around a little bit in no particular order, and whoever hops in can hop in. Uh, Tiago Silva. Uh, is one of them. Lyoto Machida is another one of them. And Gayhard Musashi is a third of them. Just Those are three mm. names that stick out to me that might have something that, that he hasn't seen before. Uh, yeah. Someone hop in to zip all those names around. Let, let me shoot down Musashi right now because uh, if you're going to get taken down and dominated for five rounds by King Mo, um, <laughs> you don't belong in the same place with uh, with John Jones. Um, so he is, he is zero shot. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, as far as the other guys, Tiago Silva, I think, is similar to a Rampage Jackson in that he's got the possibility of getting in your face, um, and that's something that no one's been able to do yet. Leota Machida is another guy. I, those are two guys that I would say probably have the best shot of attempting to do something, John Jones. Um, but you know, they're going to have to they're going to have to win a couple of fights before they even get the shot at him. So, you know, I, I think we'll learn more in the next couple of fights and, and, and see if they uh, continue to have some kind of shot against him. One quick liner. I think Gayhard would, would, he would be the one who looked the most bored and the least intimidated before he got beaten. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good point. That's all I have to say. I just, that would be fun. You know, that's what he gets from hanging out from Fedora for so long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Dave, you want, yeah. Dave also, the you want best, to follow those rounds? The, the best chance anybody has is to have some strong Muay Thai like on the inside skills, like clinch or whatever against Jones. Yeah. So out of those names, I don't see anybody. Uh, like mentioned before, maybe Anderson Silva, but that would have to depend on business, basically. You know? Yep. Uh, Wade, Wade, you were talking about 2012 before. Uh, yeah. What about maybe a year and a half from now, Phil Davis? I don't know. I mean, I... Maybe I mean that's it's it's that I mean the fact that we're saying that right now it shows right. how what a challenge UFC has for the next year and a half. 
I mean, no, well, the, the, the Nogueira fight is not going to tell us a whole lot because I think Nogueira shot uh, when Davis fights Nogueira next week. Um, but, I mean, put Davis got to go in against someone like Leota Machida in his next fight to see exactly what level he's at. And if Leota Machida can dominate Phil Davis, then I think of the guys that we've mentioned in the last few minutes here, Leota Machida is at least the most possible. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It, it's going to be – and that, that's the thing. It's like it's most possible. I mean, it's somebody who we haven't seen the full upside for. That is because then you you it, so you just have to use your imagination and fill in the potential that we the upside that hasn't been proven right or wrong yet. So I, you know, it's it's fascinating. It's a completely different scenario. But Jones was just. I mean, I, I it it is phenomenal what happened tonight against somebody like Shogun, who who had enough tape to study. Where I mean, this was kind of Silver Rich Franklin ish, you know, where. It was just weird, you know? It was just yeah. so – I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, like I say, yeah. we're all stammering at, at, at – we're looked at somebody who's just done something. Nobody nobody other than maybe Silva Franklin. I mean, this was more than I, – yeah. I mean, this was just so dominant. It's crazy. What bothers me the most about the fight tonight is that there was no way we were going to see the best Shogun Hua tonight. And I think it showed in his physique and his conditioning yeah. the whole works. And he's never been known as a highly conditioned fighter. He's been a lot of things, but, you know, not, you know, 25 minutes of action has not been his thing. Which is, like I said, the worst thing that can happen to a champ is to have to sit out for a year due to injury because you come back to a title fight against the best, you know, light heavyweight or whatever division you're yep. a champion in in the world. There is, there is no in-between. I, I said the best thing could have happened to Brock Lesnar going into the Carwin fight was for him to have the belt stripped or for him to abdicate the title and then take one fight against someone that, you know, that he can work his way back into another climb. Um, we've got about uh, one minute left here. I, I want to uh, thank everybody for listening tonight to the uh, MMA Torch UFC 128 postmortem. Uh, I want to thank Dave Walls from liverkick.com, the best kickboxing blog in the world. Um, I, I mean, the guy's doing phenomenal work. He, he's done a series of the top ten Muay Thai fighters of all time. Going back to fighters from back in the 40s with, with, with black and white clips on YouTube. I mean, if you're into striking <laughs> at all, Liverkick.com is a must. Uh, I also want to thank uh, Wade Keller from uh, PWTorch.com and from MMATorch.com. No, really. Uh, he, he's <laughs> our supervising editor and brings so much to the table. Wade, it was great to talk to you. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Thanks for having me. I'll, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, next time I see the 651 number, I'll pick it up even quicker and know who I'm talking to. And, <laughs> and uh, last but certainly not least, I want to thank Sean Ennis uh, for calling in as my regular host on the postmortem, bringing so much to the table for us. Um, and I'm going to sign off. I am MMA Torch columnist Rich Hansen. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Please join us Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Central Time. That's 9 p.m. in the East. That's sometime after midnight in Ireland, Jim. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the postmortem. John Jones is a UFC light heavyweight champion, and we have no idea who's ever going to be able to stop him. Thank you so much, everybody. Good night.